Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Offsets it a little bit to the left. 11 yards shy of the record. Williams breaks a hole. Longhorn Nation, we're back! Hello and welcome into another edition of the Longhorns Country Podcast. My name is Matt Galatson and I will be your host. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. Um, he's a guy I grew up listening to and he's one of the reasons that I, uh, I wanted to get into the podcast game and, and uh, especially with the Longhorns. And it's uh, Aaron Hogan. He's a, he's a co-host of B&E. You've heard him on 104.9 The Horn uh, probably for a pretty long time. Uh, Aaron, how's it going? Going great. Going great. Appreciate you making me feel old, but that's nice of you to say. Hey, I mean, we're yeah, we've been doing it a long time. We don't think about it, but yeah, 20 plus years goes fast. It feels like just yesterday we started, but uh, a lot of ups and downs for the Longhorns, and it's exciting to uh, see where they are right now. So glad to be with you. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I'm not trying to age you there. I'm, I'm getting pretty old myself, so I apologize for that <laughs> one. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it's uh, 104.9 is is sort of the uh, the mecca for sports radio in Austin. Um, it's everything surrounding the Longhorns goes through the horn, and um, you know, you're 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 pretty influential in the radio game here. So uh, we're excited to have you. But uh, so let's let's start off with uh, with Texas and TCU. Obviously, you know, the Longhorns are coming off a, a, a tough win over, over TCU, B. John Robinson, 35 carries over 200 yards, uh, extending his Heisman campaign, looked just about unstoppable for the most part, except for that little goal line action there uh, early on. But, but Aaron, let's start off with, give me your general takes on, on what you thought of the game, um, some things you like, some things you're still concerned about, and we'll go from there. Well, uh, you know, the, what you like is that they won the game. I mean, that's obviously been a hard place for Texas to win uh, in a while. Everybody knows the, the record against TCU. So any win there is a positive in a big way, especially coming off the first road trip to Arkansas. And I was saying pretty consistently, I felt like Rice and Texas Tech could be pretty easy wins for Texas if they got them, you know, take that Arkansas whooping and shape yourself up. And that turned out to be the case. They just dominated those two games. But really the next question was, what happens the next time they leave Austin and play in a road environment? And, you know, some of the some of the some of the issues showed up, but at the same time, 
they showed they're better than they were as far as when adversity hits uh, against Arkansas. It felt like they were leaderless. It felt like wheels just fell off. They really had no answer. Uh, from the coaching staff to the players, and obviously the quarterback situation changed in that game. So it was good to see them. You know, it didn't all go good for Texas. They gave up the long kick return to start the game, uh, miss a long bomb on the first play. Um, just, you know, kind of – it just was not a good start for Texas. Uh, and they righted that and just really rode number five to to, to some – to get their feet on the ground. And I think, Matt, the, the, the thing that, that we can see now through four games is this team has the ability to be really good. I mean, they've got – uh, really good, meaning, you know, play for a Big 12 championship potentially. I think they have the pieces and they have one really, really special player. Um, but they also, like we saw, can can kick the ball around a little bit. Uh, they can still make those mistakes and still have some offensive line holes they've got to fix and things of that nature. But all in all, I thought it was a really, really solid performance that, uh, you know, if you can beat TCU on the road with a C-plus or B-minus performance, I think you feel pretty good about that. And if you think about it, you know, the, the three three turnovers and the all the trips into the short red zone, you, you convert one of those touchdowns instead of a field goal and punch it in from the one late in the fourth quarter. You know, that's a that's a 21 point victory on the road. Uh, instead, it became a nail biter because they couldn't put, score those touchdowns and couldn't punch it in and then, you know, gave up the 99 yard drive. So, it, you know, it became a white knuckle game when it really didn't need to, which I think may have been good for Texas that. They had to win a game like that ahead of what they're going to face the next two weeks because we know it's the sixth-ranked team in the country and then Oklahoma State beyond that. So next two opponents are you know undefeated. Uh, so the, they're going to have to play better than they did on Saturday, but to get a win in Fort Worth is always good. Yeah, and, and, and it seems like in the last few years this would have been a game that Texas lost. Um, yep, I agree with that. Yeah, and it's – it's one of those things where you you're 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 excited about the result because it's not what you expected because with with Herman and with Charlie Strong before that these these things just kind of had a way to uh, disintegrate and dissolve and it's almost like they were in quicksand in games like this. Um, what do you think is the difference so far? That I know it's only been a few games, but what do you think is the difference so far between Sark and the previous two guys that were were ahead of him and, and why they've been able to. I know, I know the wheels fell off against Arkansas, but, but why have they been able to um, rebound so quickly from that and then survive in Fort Worth? What's, what do you think the difference is there? Uh, you know, I, I think it's Sark. I really do. And I think it's his I – like, I like his leadership style a lot. I just think it's very consistent. Um, it doesn't change much. Not, you know, even in the game we saw on Saturday when there were you know, some f- questionable penalty calls and you know, getting penalties for – you know, excessive celebration, and uh, he—he's he, just very calm. I know you even on the sidelines, he's not freaking out. Uh, his players, I think, respond to that. That you know, that's the message during the week. Uh, don't get too high, too low. And then Sark, you know, that's how he how he handles himself on game day. And I think that's you know the, the previous coaches. I think there was a deer in the headlights look on Charlie Strong's face where players are looking to Charlie kind, and he doesn't know what to do. Um, you know, Tom would lose his mind uh, quite a bit. I always felt like, and that was his style. Uh, I just like Stark's calm demeanor, and I think his team plays a calm brand of football. And you know, and and extend that to the coaching staff because I think they're 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 similar. I think Pete Kwiatkowski kind of has that same mindset. Uh, he and Sark are very similar in how you know, calm they are. They're not yellers. They're not screamers. You know, they'll they'll handle their business behind the scenes and uh, not not in public. You know, Jeff Banks, special teams coordinator, is probably the most you know animated on the sidelines for them. But that's probably good for him. His unit's playing very well. I just I like the coaching staff a lot, and I think what we're going to see is, uh, like we've seen from Arkansas, this team just get better and better 
uh, week to week, practice to practice, as Sark says. I know that sounds cliche, but it really is. And I think that, that you know, from the start of that question, my first part of the answer is the consistency of Sark, I think, is what's important, that it's, it's, it's the same every day, uh, you know, and, and that builds on itself as the course of a season goes. And I think we'll see that. And, and, you know, Saturday, Matt, was really – I thought the coaches did a nice job. I thought for the first time in a long time, Texas outcoached coached Gary Patterson pretty badly. The players didn't execute. Players, you know, missed blocks. Players dropped balls. Uh, players just didn't execute fundamental things that – you know, you feel like that's that's fixable if they continue to work on it because it, it, we saw it after Arkansas. They went back to work and, and were able to see it on film and, and it fixed it. And then they showed up and played two great games in a row. So I think it's a building process. But obviously, you know, no matter what we just said or I just said, the, the performance they gave on Saturday, I don't think will beat Oklahoma. I think they'll have trouble beating the Sooners in the Cotton Bowl if they make those same mistakes again. Um, I think it's interesting that you mentioned Kwiatkowski because – I thought he was a fantastic defensive coordinator hire. Um, there were there were other names being floated around during that search, Pete Golding and and other you know other names that that we all saw. Um, but Kwiatkowski has come in and very quickly sort of established a style and a demeanor. And they, they struggled a little bit out of the gate. Obviously, the Arkansas game didn't go well, um, and the Texas Tech game had some had some issues. But it seems like there's sort of starting to figure things out. Uh, Anthony Cook in particular was huge against TCU. Sure. Um, wh- what are some of the things that you've seen this defense uh, fix and get better at as the season has gone along? Uh, they tackle better. I know they missed a few this week, but I think they're more fundamentally sound as a defense. Uh, and I think, you know, when, when Sark went out to hire a DC, he was looking for someone who complimented what he does. And I think that that's exactly, I mean, here. Sark say it all the time, complimentary football, complimentary football. One leads into the other. You know, even after the Arkansas game, he was praising the defense and PK for keeping them in it, you know, almost like if we could have done anything offensively, you know, we could have been right back in the ball game. We just could not. And I think that's the style. I think, you know, I, you know, I think this coaching staff has done a pretty good job, you know, of analyzing what they've got. They understand that there's some deficiencies in key spots uh, on both sides of the ball. And then you got to work around that. So, you know, those aren't changing. You don't, you know, this staff won't get to change the personnel until the next, you know, couple of recruiting cycles that they can bring in the players that they, that they want. They're going with what's here. And I think PK's style of, of keeping everything in front of you, you know, rallying to the ball, bringing a, a, a blitz like we saw Anthony Cook make in this game, you know, every once in a while to, to keep you honest. Uh, but they don't want to give up big plays. Uh, they don't want to give anything over the top. They want to make teams drive the length of the field force them to make a mistake. Maybe there's a penalty in there that puts you against the chains and you get off the field. I mean, that's really the complimentary style that both want to play. You know, we've seen in recent years, Matt, with, with Todd Orlando and others, just giving up way too many chunk plays, way too many explosives that just break your back. I mean, it was too easy. Uh, PK is going to make, make teams make it hard on them. Right. And that's, that's, you know, when you look at this Oklahoma game, that's exciting because Oklahoma actually has fewer explosive passing plays through four games than Kansas does. They're not, you know, Oklahoma's not hitting on those big explosive plays like we're used to them hitting. That people are keeping them underneath everything. They're not, they're not going to get burned by Marvin Mims and those groups, those guys. People are keeping everything back, and that's PK's style. But in that case, then your your linebackers have to rally and tackle. And I still, you know, I'm still concerned a little bit about Luke Brockemeyer, even though he's a gritty, tough guy. I think he can be, especially if you get him out on the edges and man coverage. And in zone, you know, isolation situations that can become a liability against really good players. 
And then, you know, DeMarvion, I think, is making more and more impact plays at linebacker, which is a good thing. And obviously, the, I think the, the highest ceiling unit is, is up front, that those guys just have to keep getting better. Uh, they've got to keep coming. I thought they played, played a pretty good game on Saturday. And, uh, you know, you think about the TCU game, you know, they gave up a touchdown early after a 190-yard kick return. So they, their first assignment was a 10-yard field to defend. Uh, and then they gave up the 99-yard touchdown drive at the end, which was disappointing as heck. But between that, I thought they played some pretty good defense. I mean, they only gave up 13 points. They forced, they forced the turnovers. Um, they were active. So I think, you know, you can't give up the kickoff return and then you can't give up that 99-yard drive. I think if they continue to build on those positives, though, between those two touchdowns, I think there was a lot, lot to like there. Yeah, and one of the difficult things about TCU is uh, Zach Evans. <laughs> he, oh. he's, he's a very talented guy. And he gave the Longhorns a little bit of trouble. Um, you know, he had over 100 yards. And that was one of the things that I noticed as well about, about Luke Brockermeyer when you mentioned that is Zach Evans was beating him around a lot of corners on, on Saturday. Yeah, he, he, was, he was getting into the open field a little bit too much and getting to the second level. Um, how, how can Texas kind of overcome that deficiency with, I don't want to call Brockermeyer deficiency. That's, that's probably the wrong word to use, but he's not the fast athletic. Well, I mean, I think what you're, need. I think what you're saying is the reality. He is what he is, right? He's a really yeah. hard, hard nose, tough, knows the defense, always in the right place. Uh, but yes, when he gets up against superior athletes like Zach Evans, who's going to play on Sundays, I, I think there's a struggle there. The, you know, no, Agent Zero, a little bit different. He can keep it there, and I think those two make a pretty good combo. But yeah, I mean, Brockermeyer is going to be what he is. But I, you know, I think the Longhorns were were very lucky that um, whether when Zach Evans was tapping out a little bit on Saturday, or Gary Patterson was doing the Tom Herman you know, load management kind of thing because if Zach Evans had gotten 25 carries, not 15 or 16, we, you know, that guy was dangerous. That guy was really good and he's going to be really good. Um, and, you know, the, that's becomes the issue, Matt, with with the Big 12 because it's loaded up with good running backs. Texas will see, see Eric Gray this week. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State's always got a, a nice group of backs, including one this year from, I think, from Arizona or Nevada somewhere. Uh, and then, you know, you're going to see Deuce Vaughn. You're going to see Brees Hall. Uh, Letty Brown down the road. So those linebackers have to continue to get better. And I think that the, the, that Brockermeyer won't come off the field tells you they're not real excited about what's behind that right now. I uh, saw Jalen Ford, 41, a little bit in this game. Uh, but they've got to continue to develop that position because the way they play defense, linebackers are going to be asked to make a lot of plays in space. And before we move on to talking about Oklahoma, there's there's one other thing I wanted to ask you about. Obviously, Denzel Okafor, unfortunately, out for the season with that injury. And when that, when that went down, they – sort of reshuffled the offensive line and uh, you know, they, they moved Kerstetter inside and, and brought Carrick in. Um, is that something you think they can stick with this season or do you think they kind of move or they kind of um, go with just trying to figure out what the best five guys available are or, or how do you see that going? Well, I think you're right. I think, you know, Sark said today at the news conference and uh, that watching the tape, their best, you know, best excuse me drive they had running the football uh, when they rushed for 280 yards in the game was the last drive when they had to have it, uh, when they had to move the ball with four minutes to play and get a couple first downs and bleed the clock. And I really think if you go back and watch that drive, you really liked what you saw from Derek Kerstatter at guard and Jake Majors at center and getting to the second level. You know, Bijan made some incredible runs, and he'll get the, the accolades for that. 
but man, I thought that line played really, really well. And actually got a text from Casey Stutter, um, a good friend who does a show on our station on Saturday mornings at Longhorn, you know, lifetime Longhorn won a national title. He said, keep that group together uh, and keep it like that. He liked it a lot. Um, you know, Carrick playing right tackle, Kirst Tatter to guard. I think Jake Major is a really good player. Angelau needs to feed off of that. And that becomes the challenge. It's maybe a good transition, Matt, to the Oklahoma game because you know what Alex Grinch is going to do up front. His best unit is his defensive line. They, they stunt, they twist, they challenge you to be communicating well up front. And Texas obviously has not always been great at that. So, I mean, that's the challenge on Saturday is, is that offensive line. I think that's going to be the look. I mean, I think Kurt Statter stays a guard, which would be good for him to get all the reps this week at guard during practice. Same with Carrick at, at right tackle. Uh, because we know Denzel's now out for the year. And, um, you know, Nick Benito, Benito's you guy you got to watch for for the Sooners and, and you know, uh, Winfrey and, and those guys. So it, it's a big, big week of practice for the Texas offensive line and Kyle Flood to really solidify because if they can, you know, withstand it and hold up, Texas has a good chance Saturday. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Okay, so let's let's start to transition to Oklahoma here. Obviously, um, this very well could be the last uh, Red River shootout or Red River rivalry or whatever we're calling it these days in, uh, in the Big 12. Um, so it, it, it might carry a little bit more juice than usual, but it, it already carries a lot of juice and everybody's really excited. Sark coming in at four and one, I think is about where most of us expected he would be um, with this team. Some had him undefeated, but that usually doesn't go that way for, for first year head coaches early on. Uh, Oklahoma presents a lot of challenges, obviously. They are extremely talented. There's a reason that they were a top-ranked team coming in. They had a Heisman Trophy candidate, all that stuff. But for some reason, they've struggled this season. And I haven't gotten a chance to watch a lot of Oklahoma. Um, I cover three other teams already, so it's a little little tough for me to stay up to date on the Sooners all the time. But what has been their issue this season? Because they almost lost to Kansas State. They almost lost to West Virginia. They've struggled with some other teams that are supposed to be well below them. What's going on over there? Well, I mean, I think we've hit on a little bit here in the first part of this um, is their their offense is not as dynamic as it's been before. Uh, their defense, I think, is still pretty good. Uh, I think I'm really good, actually. Um, you know, they've given up some numbers, but it's really if you talk to the folks in Norman and watch them play, the biggest problem is Lincoln Riley's offense is usually so two dimensional. It's so 
you know, they run the ball at you and then they run play action and they get these big chunk plays down the field. Uh, they just become a handful this year. As we said, they have fewer 30 yard or more pass pass plays down the field than Kansas does. They're not hitting big plays. And that stems from their offensive line, which is replacing a lot of young, a lot of new players. And they haven't come together as I think Oklahoma fans had hoped. Uh, they're, they're thin at running back because Eric Ward, the Tennessee transfers, he's a good player. He's not Zach, Zach Evans, though. I know that. And Kennedy Brooks is there. He's a good player. They're just not as dynamic and uh, running the ball. And then they're not as dynamic on the outside. So, But I, I think Lincoln Wright, I think you'll hear him say this week that much like Sark said today, you like they're gritty. They're finding ways to win. They've been challenged in every game, and they're still undefeated. So, I mean, this is a, this is a game where – PK's style of defense is kind of uh, Coach Pete Kwiatkowski. That's their style of that style of defense will work against this team. That, but they've already already established over five games this year that they will grind it out with you. They'll 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 play that game. Uh, they'll they'll go methodically down the field and find a way to get in the end zone. And then the other side becomes the challenge. I think Texas has to look at this game and expect. And Texas fans should look at this game and just expect some bad series where they go backwards and they take a negative negative play. Uh, you know, they maybe take a sack. Uh, they just can't turn the football over, and their defense, you know, has to keep them keep them afloat in this because I think it could be a struggle at times offensively. They're going to load up to stop Bijan. They've got sticky guys on the outside playing corner and DB that can, and they're going to give Jordan Whittington a handful. And Xavier Worthy has to play better than he did last week. There's no doubt. Um, you know, this is one where the offense this could be a lower scoring Red River game than we've seen in a while, Matt. That. Uh, I think both offenses are going to struggle a little bit, and it's the, it's the team that makes a, the fewest mistakes, A, but then the team that can make a couple of big plays, big chunk plays uh, that Sark keeps talking about that they, they feel like they're close to. Uh, they need to hit some of those, too. This, these are two very similar teams, as a matter of fact, uh, coming in as far as how they've operated through their first five games. Okay, so – you know, you mentioned it's going to be a lower scoring game than usual, um, which is probably going to surprise a lot of people because you hear the name Steve Sarkeesian, you hear the name Lincoln Riley, and you think offense, offense, offense. And um, that's probably what we're going to get a lot later down the line in, when they get to the SEC and all that stuff is it's going to be a lot of high-flying offense, I'm sure, as long as Lincoln doesn't get eventually hired in the NFL like it seems like his name's brought up every single year. Yeah. Um, what are some of the matchups that Sark can try to exploit to get those explosive plays that you were mentioning. Um, I, uh, I think, I think the secondary is not as good as maybe advertised as the season began at Oklahoma. Um, you know, Alex Grinch, the one thing he's had, you know, he has a system much like coach you know, PK does for Texas. And he's had three recruiting cycles now to recruit to his style. Uh, so very fast, very athletic, and then longer lean, you know, just more, more, you know, bigger defensive backs. If you remember, you know, Tom Herman with little Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson and this towering over these tiny little Oklahoma DBs. And that was a real problem. They've recruited bigger, you know, defensive backs, but uh, they, they've also given up some plays. I mean, we saw that against Nebraska for Oklahoma. Saw it last week with, you know, Skylar Thompson played for K-State and they scored 31 points in the six point loss. But, you know, he wasn't able to run Skylar Thompson in K-State, but he was able to get them through the air quite a bit. Uh, and, and really attack them. The key is obvious. It's the offensive line. If they can hold up and create some running lanes and, and, and create and you know, play ahead of the chains and then hold up to, to allow some plays down the field, I think a guy like Xavier Worthy can get o- over the top of this defense. I think um, you know, the tight ends, I think, have to be very, very important in this game for Texas with Kate Brewer and Jared Wiley. They have to be a factor, both blocking and then in the passing game. 
And obviously the big play receiver for Texas right now, the go-to guy in clutch situations has been Jordan Whittington. Oklahoma knows that. So they're going to be, give him extra attention in big third down situations. Someone else has to step up. That's why I said earlier, Xavier Worthy cannot play like he did at Fort Worth. He's got to play to a bigger level. Uh, and then Joshua Moore, I think, is going to have to be really, really good in this game because I don't think Oklahoma is going to let Jordan Whittington beat him through the air uh, as much as they can. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a couple more, and then we'll, then I'll let you get out of here. Um, first, being, you know, Texas and Oklahoma is obviously one of the biggest st- stages in college football. Um, you know, it's 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 gonna draw all the national attention, which means all eyes are going to be on Bijan Robinson who is um, – he was already a, a sort of Heisman uh, front runner at the beginning of the season. Now he's firmly cemented in that race after his game against TCU. He's been dynamite all season long. I mean, he looks like a, some sort of combination of Reggie Bush and Ricky Williams or something. He's been incredible. Um, if he has a big game today – I mean, sorry, on Saturday, is he the front runner for the Heisman? Oh, man. Well, I, you know, front runner, it's early. There really isn't one. I guess Bryce Young at Alabama after their win. And you know, I guess you give the Seisman of the whole Georgia defense at this point. Um, but uh, but you can't do that. So, yeah, I mean, these are the kind of stages in which those things are created. Right, A huge game against this Oklahoma defense um, would be huge. Uh, and I think – I mean, to me, I think, Matt, that's kind of the excitement for, for Texas. They, I, they, I just thought they played very poorly at a lot of positions on offense on Saturday and still won the game because Bijan – was just such a one-man gang. He was just so so incredible uh, for a lot of that game. Drop passes and you know, just the offense was not in sync. Uh, I think that'll be the message from Sark to this team. Look, guys, if the other 10 raise their level, if we play to a higher level, this guy can carry us. We really can. So get a hat on a hat, uh, do your assignment, and let this guy be even more special because there were times against TCU where free runners were coming and they missed their, you know, Texas missed the block, but Bijan has made a miss. He spun out of it, ducked under him, went around him. I mean, I, I think against Oklahoma, that's going to be a bigger challenge. But at the same time, man, if they can pick up some assignment football, get better in those phases, use the TCU tape to improve, uh, that's, the, that's the message for me to Sark is, look, we do have a Heisman candidate that we're handing the ball to. We've got one of the best players on the planet playing college football right here, and he's a stud. So let's help him out. Uh, let's not, you know, make him make four guys miss. Let's let's block our assignment. Uh, I, th- I thought, you know, I talked earlier about Sark doesn't get mad very often. The maddest he was on Saturday on the sidelines was when they ran a bootleg with Casey Thompson in one of those red zone situations. And he got to the corner and two receivers, Josh Moore and Xavier Wood, Xavier, uh, uh, Xavier, guy Xavier, he missed They missed their block. I mean, they just whiffed blocks and they were there. The play was set up and neither guy got a hat on a hat and neither guy, you know, even got in the way and it ended up you know, be having to kick another field goal. And Sark was livid. Uh, he got up into, you know, Andre Coleman, the wide receiver coaches, you know, grill a little bit. Uh, and then later in that game, as it went on, you saw Xavier Worthy make a couple of good blocks and you saw them. That's the, going to be the assignment this week is to help Bijan, you know, because this team, Matt, started to remind me a little bit of Mac Brown's team, 1998, that um, Ricky Williams, of course, won the Heisman Trophy that year as a senior when he came back. They had some holes, they had deficiencies, but uh, Greg Davis and Mac Brown saddled up Ricky, and you know won nine ball games that year and, and won a bowl game. This is kind of where I see this team right now, uh, you know. But everyone's got to get better. Uh, I'm also interested in Casey Thompson here in this spot. Remember, his father played quarterback for Oklahoma, uh, mm-hmm. so he grew up in the state of Oklahoma. That's going to be, I'm sure, college game day, and you know that story will be told on a national level that he grew up a Sooner and uh, is now a Longhorn. 
and this is his first matchup in this game. We always know how important that is, the quarterback matchup, especially for QBs who have played in the game versus those who have not. Uh, that'll be the case here. But obviously, Casey Thompson, well aware of this rivalry. He's never played in the game, but he's been around it his whole life, which will be an exciting subplot. So, And Casey honestly has to play better than he did on Saturday, too. And I think that's the, the, the part, that if Texas can – be better with the other 10 players on offense around Bijan. I absolutely think he can have a nice game and a, and, a, and a big national game here to completely put him on the national radar. If they, they, the other 10 guys play like they did Saturday, I think it's going to be a hard day for Bijan because they're going to, that front seven is really good at Oklahoma. Okay. And I'll get you out of here on this one. Um, you know, you've talked about some key matchups. We, you've talked about how you think it's going to be a little bit more low scoring and all, and all that. Um, what is your prediction for Saturday? I hate to put you on the spot, and I know it's early in the week and things could change or whatever, but how do you see Saturday going for Texas? Uh, I think it's a close loss at this point. Uh, I could change my mind by Saturday. It's only early in the week now, but um, uh, I, I just need to see Casey Thompson play better than we did Saturday. I need to see they can't be nervous like I thought they were a little bit at times in Fort Worth. There's a lot. Again, I go back to that TCU game. There's a lot to like about it. There's a lot that was there. I thought they had a chance to create separation and blow that game out uh, because of the turnover margin. Um, but you can't kick field goals in this game and expect to win it. I, even though I say it's going to be a little bit lower scoring, there's you have to get the ball in the end zone, especially when you're inside that 15-yard line like they were last week. And I just think the whole offense has to play better than they did. And if they do, I have, think they have a good chance. But at this point, I think the experience of Rattler in this game versus no experience for Casey – and just I think the the D line and front seven for Oklahoma is superior to the Texas offensive line, and so I'll give Oklahoma you know three to three to six point win in this ballgame. Well, Aaron, it's been a big pleasure uh, having you on here. It's uh, it's an honor. I think you're a Austin legend personally. So, uh, <laughs> Thank you. so this is uh, this has been really exciting for me. Um, and you know we'll have to do this again sometime. Um, love to love to anytime, uh, man. Yeah, you know, we, we we just started this thing. We're I think this is our eleventh episode, but we're doing pretty well so far. But uh, yeah, you're you we'd love to have you on again. Um, before we let you go, tell everybody where they can find you. Absolutely. And by the way, if Texas does win this game, get me back on next week, and I'll apologize to all the all your podcast listeners for picking sooner. But remember, it's early in the week. I could change that by the end, but uh, we'll see. Uh, you yeah, got every morning six to ten on the horn. Uh, it's on 1049. It's also on 1019 and AM 1260. But the easiest way to listen to us all over the country, all over the world, is on the Horn app. It's a free download. So you can listen to us anytime and travel with us. All of our shows, as you said, we're, we're live and local all day, every day, talking Texas football and what's going on in the Lone Star State. So hit that up. It's the Horn app. And then uh, on Twitter, it's at Aaron Hogan, E R I N H O G A N. Uh, somewhat active there, getting things done. But uh, and check out our website, hornfm.com. That's got all the things we're up to over at the radio station. All right, and that's going to do it for another episode of the Longhorns Country Podcast. Uh, we will be back uh, Wednesday with another guest, uh, and we got a couple more coming this week too, a couple former Longhorns that are going to be uh, pretty exciting to talk to, so look forward to that. Uh, make sure to like, rate, and subscribe, and follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, we're on it. Uh, and yeah, that's going to do it. We'll see you next time. Yes, sir. Bye. 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 Bye.